Coming up on Six Page Podcast, part three of our look back at Rear Window. We'll be focusing mainly on the exam, how to structure your text response essay, and all the tips and tricks that you'll need in terms of revising for that. That's coming up on the Six Page Podcast right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Six Page Podcast. Fantastic to have your company today. This is episode S. We're winding our way through our revision of rear window. We've got the AFL footy finals on, NRL footy finals, spring racing carnival ramping up, music festivals on. It's all happening, of course, unless like most of you are studying for your year 12 exams. Don't worry, you've only got a bit over a month to go before they all begin, and I dare I say you'll be that busy by the time you know it, you'll be all celebrating finishing your VCE studies. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so by sending me an email at the six at sorry six peach podcast at gmail.com. That's six ps podcast at gmail.com. I'll be doing a QA. Uh, recording that next week, so look for that to be out first week back of the term. Uh, in the meantime, I'll be releasing a couple more podcasts, just going over the language analysis articles from the last couple of VCAR exams. Uh, for those of you that I know many of you already have done those, but just a bit of revision on language analysis, going through the articles, looking at the arguments and the language, which I think would be or would have been really useful to revise. But as I said, we're going to focus today purely on rear window with a real focus on the exam. And this will be the second year that rear window has been studied for the exam. So obviously last year was the first year and it was quite a popular text. Looking at both English and EAL, it was the second most popular text. And in fact, the most popular text was Medea, which is no longer on the curriculum. So dare I say a lot of students um, do study rewindow and do choose to to write on rewindow in their exam. The reasoning for this, I think personally, is the first thing: it's it's a film, which means um, firstly it's a really accessible text for most students. The fact is that things like quotations and film techniques are really easy to remember, or I shouldn't say really easy, but more easy to remember because they have that um, oral aspect, that listening aspect to it as well. Um, and also, just as, as a whole, it's a really engaging text. Um, and I think that's why it's it's quite popular around the state. To start with, let's focus on the criteria of what VCAR examiners are looking at, and there's four of those. So you would know um, by now, I'm sure, that the um, assessment for the exam is slightly different to the SACS. Um, In-text response is not too different. For me, the most difference comes in language analysis, or I should say analyzing argument. Um, but we'll run through the four um, criteria for text response. And uh, I'll start with the first one, which is knowledge and understanding of the text and the ideas and issues it explores. So when it comes to this, um, for me, the first thing is, and it sounds really basic, but just know the plot and know the characters. Now, this is really basic in information, but you can't get this stuff wrong because it's the foundations. 
So make sure you know exactly what happens, make sure you know who the characters are, and don't get these confused or don't get these, don't make any in- inaccuracies here. All right. As I said, the plot and the characters are really basic information. And in fact, you really want to avoid doing any sort of plot retail in general. Obviously, you'll have to make mention to the plot, but um, these are the fundamentals, and it's important that you get these right. So with Rewindow, make sure you've watched it twice or three times. Make sure you know what's happening. When it comes to knowledge and understanding of the text, for me, the context is really important as well. So all that background information that we did at the start before we watched the film is going to be crucial. It just for the examiner shows that you know it's not 2019 in this film. You know it's 1954. You know what's happening in America at the time. You know about um, the role of women in society and within the household as well. That you're aware of McCarthyism and the fear of communism and voyeurism in general. And I guess the entire um, atmosphere in America was one of suspicion towards each other, suspicion towards neighbours. So make sure you've got that context in, in information um, under your belt. The next side of things, I guess, is the meta language and film techniques. So making sure you understand this, the process of making a film, and that you've got your meta language. So language that language about language, really. So editing, cutting, um, cooler shot effect, lighting, um, all those camera angles, all those camera shots, they're really, really important. Mise-en-scene is another really important phrase for you to know. So know how, I guess, the film is put together, how it's made. Just like in a novel or a play, we discuss how it's formed, be it stage directions, be it the um, structure of the novel or the play. Um, film techniques are really, really important. And the last one is your knowledge of the key themes. Now, you want to avoid being too explicit in your essays. So on my band words list, the word theme is definitely on there. You don't want in your essay to talk about a theme in Rewindow is this because it's just that little bit too explicit. You need to be more subtle in that. But know your themes and know how they link to each other. We've spoken that many times about the comparative texts, about how every theme links to the other pretty much. And it's the same as Rewindow voyeurism can link to marriage marriage can link to gender roles so everything sort of um, works together um, to formulate the whole text so look at it holistically so that's the first criteria the second one is the development of a coherent analysis in response to the topic so when we talk about a coherent or development of coherent analysis we are talking about structure which is really really important yeah Strong core is a strong mind. So we want to make sure we've got our structure there. The introduction will set the tone for that, and then I'll just inform the examiner, firstly, of your contention, and secondly, of your arguments. And that's what your topic sentences are there for. Your topic sentences outline your arguments or your reasons for your contention. They should relate somehow to the contention. If you're having difficulty finding arguments, my advice is to add the word because on the end of your contention. We might discuss that a little bit later. But you want the reasons why you have that specific contention. Your linking sentences are going to be really important as well. If you need to be explicit with this, please do so. The higher-end students will tend to sort of embed their linking throughout their um, explanation and analysis. But to make sure you are responding to the topic, make sure your link is really clear. Quite often, this will mean just rewording your contention um, or linking that argument straight back to your contention. 
As well, in the development of a coherent analysis, you want to make sure you're analyzing and not simply summarizing. So we've gone through verbs before, I'll go through it again. Verbs like highlights, showcases, demonstrates, reflects, mirrors, accentuates, emphasizes. These are great verbs to use to ensure you are explaining and analyzing your examples, not simply retelling the plot. The second part of that criteria, though, talks about in response to the topic, and that is really, really, really important. Quite often in VCAR exam reports, one of the first things I'll say is students did not respond to the topic or not enough students responded to the topic. Don't go into the exam with a pre-prepared essay because it might have nothing to do with the topic and that's going to cause you all sorts of dramas. You know that expression? RTFQ, ATFQ, read the question, answer the question. That is really important. Again, if you are struggling, that's what reading time is there for. You've also got two options. For most of you, I think you're going to be writing your language analysis essay first which will give you that little bit more time just to think about which topic to choose. My advice is go with your strengths. Go with the essay topic that will allow you to show off your knowledge of the text and show off your ability to write a coherent piece of um, response, so a coherent or clear essay on this. The third one is use of textual evidence to support the interpretation. And this is all about quotations. That's why I say it's really important that you have a really strong quote bank or quotation bank. This should be a really, really clear focus for you. If you're someone that struggles remembering quotes, my advice would be print out as many as you can and stick them on your walls in your bedroom so they're always around you. Um, and you'll even find yourself sometimes looking at them subconsciously. Anything to help with that is going to be really important. You can also record your own voice, reading out quotes and just playing them of a night to make sure you've got them. Evidence as well isn't just quotes or quotations, it's also film techniques, it's also context information as well. So please be aware of that. Text evidence is not simply just quotes, it's also about the whole text. And the last one is our most favorite one. It is control and effectiveness of language use as appropriate to the task. This is all about expression. Make sure your expression is fluent. Make sure it's in a formal tone. Avoid those banned words. Avoid I, my, um, get, theme, all those really basic words. We want to avoid those. Vocabulary is going to be really important. So make sure you've got synonyms lined up, not just for verbs, but for key terms as well. Now, just don't go too overboard with this. Sometimes words work really, really well. So a term like marriage works really well. Don't try to an extent to try and just use a different word instead of marriage. It might be that you might re restructure sentences to avoid saying marriage all the time. You might use a verb married. Um, so just be aware of that as well. Be really concise and direct with your expression. So we talk about waffling on, avoid doing that, just get straight to the point. Um, for example, this phrase here, another example of Jeff being a voyeur is when, really, really wordy, just be concise, just go with, additionally, Jeff's voyeuristic tendencies are showcased when, straight to the point, really direct, and use active voice rather than passive voice. Passive voice is using lots of ofs and bys. So for example, using the phrase rear window by Alfred Hitchcock, that's passive voice. Active voice would be Alfred Hitchcock's rear window. 
you make sure you use those possessive apostrophes um, and use those active verbs to make sure you're using your active voice. So those are the four um, aspects that you'll get marked on. I'll go through them again. The first one is knowledge and understanding of the text the, and the issues and ideas it explores. The second one is the development of a coherent analysis in response to the topic. The third one is use of textual evidence to support the interpretation. And the final one will be the control and effectiveness of language use as appropriate to the task. So looking at the topics from last year's exam, I'll read both of those out to you. The first one is, Jeff's fascination with looking at others stops him from truly looking at himself. Do you agree? And the second one was, how does Hitchcock create an atmosphere of suspicion in Rear Window? So I'll start with the first one. So Jeff's fascination with looking at others stops him from truly looking at himself. Do you agree? The feedback from examiners goes like this. So most responses demonstrated reasonable knowledge of the text. Many responses to the first topic, though, stopped short of dealing with the second half of the question, which was from truly looking at himself. High-scoring responses analysed how voyeurism became a substitute for introspection, with many challenging the topic as Lisa's action forces Jeff to reevaluate his relationship with Lisa. And I think that's a really good point. So, yes, it is voyeurism. This topic was all about voyeurism and also about introspection as well. So with the voyeurism, it is Jeff looking at others um, and in order to, I guess, um, clarify or gratify his values and his beliefs. So when we think about that, we think about the way that he views Thorwald and Anna, so Thorwald and his wife, and how he sees marriage as being a prison, as being trapped, as it being all about the nagging wife. So voyeurism allows him to do that. Yet what he doesn't realize is looking at himself, and he himself is physically trapped, and also he feels trapped in his relationship to an extent, or fears that he will be trapped in the marriage with Lisa. You've also got that idea of him being fascinated by this, and the fact that Think about what he uses. So think about the tools that he uses as well. He uses binoculars. He uses that long focus lens. He uses um, devices from his occupation in order to satisfy or provide himself with a purpose. I guess as well as that, you can talk about him looking at himself in terms of as a partner or in a relationship, but also himself as a man, as a male. And the way that quite often he does feel emasculated by those around him, particularly Lisa to an extent um, as well. And I think for me, when you get a, a topic which involves one character, in this case it's Jeff, think about ways you can bring in other characters as well. I mean, I'm even thinking about Stella here. When she walks in, the first thing she says is talking about peeping Tom is six months. You know, the um, consequences of being a peeping Tom or the consequences of voyeurism as well. Um, obviously, I mentioned Thorwald there too. Um, but the fact that it asks you, do you agree? Make sure you state really clearly in, in your um, introduction whether you agree or you disagree or whether um, you're sort of on the fence to an extent, um, which is what you need to be really careful about. So you can't be entirely balanced. You just do need to make sure if you are going to sort of, I guess, refute part of your contention that you make that really clear in your introduction as well as in your linking sentences as well. But for me, the themes there um, were all about voyeurism, gender roles, um, marriage as well. Um, I guess community too. And um, we didn't mention 
um, the dog owner. But I think you could definitely mention that as well. And the fact that um, that scene, which is quite not, I wouldn't say harrowing, but quite sad. We feel quite sorry for, for the dog owner. And the way that Jeff responds to that, how he uses that to then look at Thorwald and, and assume his guilt in the murder and also not just of the dog but also of his wife so the second question how does Hitchcock create an atmosphere of suspicion in rear window those first three words how does Hitchcock straight away I'm thinking about film techniques so how does he do that the feedback from VCAST said that many responses to the second topic read suspicion as suspense and even responses that showed a good understanding of the technique lacked a close connection to suspicion and that is really important Read the question and answer the question. That is a massive, massive blunder if you manage to, rather than talk about suspicion, you spoke about suspense because they're two very different things. Um, when we're talking about suspense, we're talking about tension. Yeah, How does he build tension throughout the film? And he does that through a range of things. It's through um, some of the shots. It's through the lighting. Um, it's through the use of, as well of speed. So the slowdown and speeding up of time it's done through some of the symbols as well but suspicion is completely different so in this the devices and film techniques you'd be sort of looking at in terms of suspicion are um, the first one is definitely perspective the fact that the film is shot from jeff's perspective predominantly um, and also the mise-en-scene as well and the framing and the way that characters um, within the community are framed um, through the windows the other thing when I'm thinking about suspicion is, once again, I'm thinking about symbols, I'm thinking about the long focus lens, and I'm thinking about the binoculars as well. And I'm really thinking about that shot where um, Jeff holds the binoculars up to himself. It's a, it's, a, it's a close-up. And his eyes have been replaced by the reflection of the building and of the um, other windows. Have a think about the other characters as well. How um, does Lisa become involved in the voyeurism why does she become suspicious? Well, it's her female intuition. We're talking about themes. There's a theme right there, gender. Doyle as well, I guess you could juxtapose her or compare her with Doyle, who's an investigator and doesn't go on the female intuition and where that leads him in his investigations and I guess how that ultimately um, ends up in terms of Thorwald being guilty. I think as well when it comes to suspicion, you could probably bring in the theme of ethics and morality as well. Um, just in terms of the way that the characters question this, um, following their um, suspicions of Thorwald. But again, film techniques are going to be crucial here because you are talking about Alfred Hitchcock rather than a character. It is asking you about the director, Alfred Hitchcock. So that's probably a good summary of um, text response essays and the topics from last year. I'll be back again very shortly looking at some of the language analysis um, articles or the analyzing argument articles from the last few years as i said previously if you would like to get in touch please do so at six p's podcast at gmail.com and if you'd like to ask me a question for next week's q a you can do so there as well but until then this has been the six p's podcast reminding you that proper prior preparation prevents poor performance are we finished done <laughs>